0: By definition, an antenna is a metal whip designed to receive and transmit radio signals within a given area.
1: It's BS in the morning on KSLQ and Westplex 1071. It is BS Show 649. Uh, Mike Gotten just sent me a picture of a guy all in yellow. Guess who it is? Who? Jim Carrey. <laughs> what movie was that? Where he had the weird, had the weird face. He had the green face. You know what I'm talking about? uh uh-huh. Which movie was that?
0: Um, oh, my gosh. I'm going to have to Google that. I didn't see it. Why? It was a chick flick.
1: I, you know, here you go again. Um. You know, it's funny. I, I go to this, and then I see it takes me to a yellow suit and hat duck duck go he sent me the he sent me like a a screenshot of or no it's actually just a a search page of people wearing yellow men and women wearing yellow suits now the guys who are well wearing yellow are typically construction workers or they have a yellow construction hat on the women god it's sort of weird anyway how do we get going that with that um he sent me this one too get you this know
0: he's from canada
1: Who's Jim Carrey? You know, yeah, yeah. There's a lot of actors who are from Canada. Did Ryan, know Ryan Reynolds is from Canada. Do you know that? Hello. Ryan Reynolds. Yeah, you know the guy I make fun of. You know he's oh. because he's the new star, but he's not like the new macho star. There are no macho stars anymore. Name me a macho. The mask. I, na- the right. may. There you go. Name me a young macho person right now in Hollywood. There are none. There's just none. Zero. And I'm not you trying to
0: always s- bring that up because
1: I see men. See, you and I have had this discussion multiple times. It goes to the pendulum swinging. Okay, the pendulum swings, and like for example, you go back 150 years. Was there was there segregation, discrimination? Were the blacks treated poorly in this country? Hell yes, it was not right. right okay, nowadays, not so much, if at all. Okay, most black people have have don't have discrimination on a daily basis they don't have to drink from separate water, water fountains they don't have to stay at different hotels they're integrated into our society you go to the restaurants there's white there's black there's there's asian there's all sorts of people in there okay back in the day and even in our lifetime shelley Barr, you're in my lifetime there were in certain not in this in the missouri area but maybe down, down in southern missouri you'd go places there was drinking fountains for the white drinking fountains for the black were, matter of fact, talked about the fact. Remember the story that that that, that Sammy Davis Jr. Remember he was part of the Rat Pack with yeah. with uh, uh, yes with the Frank Sinatra and Dean Martin. And Frank Sinatra actually walked the picket line and picketed one of the hotels that he was performing at because of the fact that the black performers who were performing at that hotel could not stay in that hotel. They had to stay in a black hotel, including Sammy Davis Jr. And Frank essentially said, "Hey, you want me to?" Per farm, knock it off. You know the black people should be welcome this hotel. Okay, things like that have changed. Okay, once upon a time, when I got in the radio business, there were no radio. There no women on the air. All men. There are no women in in management. All men. No women in sales. All men. It was a male dominated business. Very much different now. One of the biggest chains in Saint. Uh, you know, there's three big companies in St. Louis: iHeart, Odyssey, and Hubbard. The one that has uh Camo X Y ninety eight KZK stations like that run by a woman Becky Becky and and it's funny because we know her father right because her father was in our Chamber of Commerce right Jerry Nevins, oh
0: yeah yeah yeah, yeah. exactly
1: Becky Becky Damion who runs Odyssey is Jerry Nevins' daughter and Jerry Nevins and his partners run a company called what's the thing called. It's like
0: called um used Upkeep?
1: To, yeah, Upkeep, where they and... essentially it's a warranty company for your house. You you buy like a, a policy and they come out and they they make sure like your water heater is in good shape, and if it's not, they repair it, that kind of stuff. And that's that's Jerry Nevin's daughter who runs Odyssey. There's a lot of women in sales, a lot of women on the air. Once again, times have changed but yet for someone to say it would be like a woman saying you know women are discriminated against in 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 broadcasting industry there's no women in positions of power i'm going like i used to work for karen carroll who ultimately ran camo x becky damian runs five or six stations here in st louis you know once again you can't say that anymore but now what's happened is is the people it's gone it's gone the the opposite it's gone too far up to the left oh you know white people are terrible you know, it's it's white privilege. Okay, what is white privilege? Explain that to me. If I have white privilege, why? how come I don't, you know, live in Ladue? And how come I don't drive a Ferrari? And how come I don't have, you know, $100 bills falling out of my pocket? Because I'm a white. Well, not, I'm, I'm not white. I'm BIPOC. I'm a black indigenous people of color. Because, once again, I will hold the color swatch up to my arm. And, yes, I'm somewhere. Yeah, I think my, I might have. I might have gotten sort of, you know, gotten lighter. I might be coffee gelato, but I used to be mocha java. But wait till the the weather changes and I'm out cutting grass again. I might go from mocha java. I might even go into Italian roast. And let me tell you, that's not being white, right? <laughs> You're gonna go. I can't believe he's talking about this again. Okay, a Bangladesh boy who accidentally locked himself inside a shipping container during a game of hide and seek was discovered six days later in another country. (laughs) The the 15-year-old, identified only by his first name, Fahim, was playing hide-and-seek with his friends in the port city of Chitanga on January 11th when he hid inside a shipping container and fell asleep. The container was then shipped to Westport, Malaysia, on a commercial ship. The boy was discovered on January 17th. Quote, the boy was just believed to have entered the container, fell asleep, and found himself. Malaysian Home Minister Datuk, I can't even pronounce his name, um, said he's got, this guy has, he has five names. Datuk, Sari, Sefydin, Nazushan, Ismail, said, according to the Malaysian New, Malaysia news agency, Bernama, He was the only one found in the container of Police Report's Lodge, and he was having a fever. A video posted of the Reddit showed Fahim disoriented and confused after going six days without food or water. He was seen being taken away on a stretcher. Ismail said the boy received medical attention and that the authorities are in the process of repatriating him through the legal channel. Officials were initially contact, uh, concerned Fahim ended up roughly 2,300 miles from his home country after being a victim of human trafficking, but investigators determined he was wandered into the container during a game of hide-and-seek. Is that bizarre or what?
0: It's pretty. That's something. <laughs> I mean, wouldn't that be? Because that's like the reverse of Home Alone.
1: Well, you know, I'm somewhat claustrophobic, and
0: I, and they don't have windows.
1: Why no? They close the doors. It's I, it's I'm like dark inside. They
0: really had oxygen
1: because well, they're they're sealed, but they're not sealed that well. They're water. Oh, okay. They're watertight. You know, I mean, you know, there's air that leaks in, you know, I mean, not a lot of air, but there's air that infiltrates them. You know, now the ones to worry about would be the, they have the refrigerated shipping containers, and those are pretty much sealed up tight. Matter of fact, for a while, some of the engineers in the broadcasting business were buying those as transmitter buildings. Because the nice thing about it was they were very, very, very well insulated because obviously it's like a refrigerated shipping container, and they had their own, you know, air conditioning system. And they were, for all intents and purposes, almost airtight because they seal them up just like your refrigerator. You know, you remember back in the day before they, before, you know, remember if you go and look at a real old refrigerator, it had a lock on it. Like it had a handle when you pulled the handle open. You know, it actually had like there was a locking mechanism that locked the door shut. And remember, there were deals where kids were, would play hide-and-seek and end up in a refrigerator, and they'd die. They'd asphyxiate because there was no oxygen. Because when you close the door of the refrigerator, the concept is that you're sealing all the cold in. That's why they have the magnetic seal around the around the the you know the outside. That's how they switched from the old way with the locking mechanism to the new way, which is the magnetic seal. So So if somebody's inside, all they have to do is just push the door open, and it opens up. You know, simple as that.
0: I remember during that time. Right,
1: remember? You used to have. I do. You see them every once in a while. You see, like, an old refrigerator. And it had, like, a locking handle on it where yes. you, you would close the door and then you would push the handle down and would lock yes. the door closed. And yes. to open the, open the door, you'd pull the handle up, which would unlock the locking mechanism, and you'd pull the door open. And the reason for that was what it did was, it was actually compressed. There was the gasket around the, uh, around the, the seal, you know, around the perimeter of the, the, the frame of the refrigerator. And when you pushed the, the, the handle down, it actually pulled the door tight against that, that seal mechanism, which sealed in, you know, the air inside the refrigerator. Remember, there used to be a thing you don't see too much anymore. But I, you know, Jason Minershagen would know about this, and so would, and so would you know the other firefighters and people like that. Are uh, you know are Chief our, Schneider? Chief Schneider would know about it. Back in the day, when I was a police dispatcher, you'd hear calls for fire department to remove refrigerator doors. Like, let somebody had abandoned a refrigerator somewhere. It was like out in the field or stuff like that. They would they would call the fire department, and the fire department would go out and take the door off.
0: I remember that.
1: Okay, we have to take a break. It's 6.59. Break. It is BS.show, 707, a Thursday morning. Rain in the area. Um, we have a chance of rain all day long. It's been raining eh, most of the day, or excuse me, most of the night. Started yesterday afternoon, got really heavy well, yesterday afternoon, evening. We're lucky <clears throat> to the west and north of us, snow and sleet. So uh, be prepared for that if you're traveling out of the area, especially if you're heading to any place to the north of us, like Des Moines, Chicago, even to the west of us, Kansas City. There's still snow moving through the Kansas City area. Say something, Shelley. while I clear my throat.
0: Okay, Brad is clearing his throat right now.
1: I got someone oh. who uh, sent me a somewhat nasty text yesterday that we missed an anniversary that we should have talked about. Um, February 3rd. You know what that was the anniversary of? February 3rd, 1959. Did that ring a bell?
0: No, I wasn't born then.
1: There was a plane crash in Iowa that killed Buddy Holly.
0: Oh, my goodness.
1: J- the J-P- the uh,
0: day the music died.
1: Exactly. J.P. Richardson and Richie Valens. J.P. Richardson yeah. was the big bopper. Hello, everybody. I'm the big bopper. Do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do. You know that song. Okay.
0: No, I really don't, Brad. I was not born.
1: If you've read the the story of that day, there were a group of people who were travel a group of music- musicians who were literally traveling around uh, across the country doing concerts. I mean, things have changed so much. I mean, the corporate America has taken over things. You know, you got you got these fancy, you know, schmancy places like, you know, it used to be, uh, what's the place down in Del Mar? Um, pageant and then you've got the you know it still you got, is there well i know but now you've got the fancy schmancy new place out in chesterfield the factory and places like that okay uh-huh. used to be that when you went to see like people like buddy holly and things like that they were playing like high school gyms and vfw halls and things like that i mean how the music business has changed has been corporatized and
0: proms
1: well, yeah, stuff like that. And yeah. and the story was that how they ended up in a plane. It was a small Cessna, a four, you know, four-seater plane pilot and three passengers. The bus they were traveling in, and keep in mind, this is in the winter, and I've been in the winter in Iowa. It's no fun. Um, had no heat. So they it's were and Seahaw S- Hell, Iowa. Well, but just the fact they are in an old, broken down old bus. And the story was that they, they, they picked up another job. They're literally driving around, you know, hey, somebody just hired us. We're going to be playing the so-and-so hall. So the, uh, and this is a true story. I'm not making this up. Uh, there was a guy who approached them and said, hey, I know you're traveling to wherever the next stop was. I've got a plane, I own a plane, I've got a pilot, and I can fly you, but it's going to be $36 a passenger. So Richie Valens, Buddy Holly, and the Big Bopper all ponied up $36. And as they were leaving, one of the musicians who who decided not to fly on the plane had a conversation with Buddy Holly. And Buddy Holly said to this person, Hey, I feel sorry for you. You know, I hope you freeze to death in that bus. And this particular person said back, who was not flying in the plane, who was going to stay in the bus, said back to Buddy Holly, hey, back at you, I hope your plane crashes. And the plane crashed on takeoff, and the pilot and Buddy Holly and Richie Valens, and at the time, I think Richie Valens was like 17 years old. Buddy Holly he was, was
0: young, yeah. yeah.
1: And and the big bopper was, was, I don't know how old he was, I think he's mid-20s, and they were all killed. Guess who the person that said to Buddy Holly, hey, I hope your plane crashes. Guess who that person was? Who? Waylon. Don McLean. Waylon Jennings. Really? Yes. Waylon Jennings was on tour with these guys, and they talked about that for years that haunted Waylon Jennings, that the last thing he I'm said sure did. to his friend, friend and fellow musician Buddy Holly was, I hope you crash, and the plane crashed. As a matter of fact, uh, that was on February third. A matter of fact, I'm sorry, ne- they were they were going from Iowa to Minnesota. That's where it was. Uh, it was a 1947 Beechcraft Bonanza, been chartered to transport the performers from Iowa to their next show in Minnesota. Less than six miles northwest of the airport, where it took off, the plane went down, killing all aboard. One member. Here we go. Here here I'll just read this exactly as it's written. One member of Holly's band who did not make the trip went on to become a country music trailblazer. One of the genre's original outlaws, Waylon Jennings, were hired by Holly to play bass for him on the on the Winter Dance Party tour. That's what they call it, which began January 23rd, 1959 in Milwaukee. Jennings, at 21 at the time, had been in New York City recording sessions produced by Holly, and after taking a train to Chicago, met up with the rest of Holly's band. Problems first arose when the tour buses hired to transport the group began breaking down. After a show in Clear Lake, Iowa, on February 2nd, Holly decided to charter a plane for himself, guitarist Tommy Alsop, and Jennings so they could fly to Fargo, North Dakota. Instead of taking the long, frozen bus trip, Richardson, who was suffering from the flu, asked Jennings for his seat on the plane, and Valens asked the same of Alsop. When Jennings told Holly that he was going to take the bus, Holly jokingly told him, I hope the bus the broke down, to which Jennings replied, I hope your old plane crashes. And the song that was written by Don McLean, 1972, American Pie, was to commemorate the day the music died, which was Richie Valens, the Big Bopper, and Buddy Holly. And, you know, what's so strange nowadays is you read these stories, you know, like, for example, remember back in the day, this is like ancient history to some people, Uh, But what I find interesting about this is we talk about, like, old TV shows and things like that. At one time, I think to myself, okay, Shelly, we're talking about stuff that people younger than us don't understand. My son, who listens to nothing but 70s and 80s music, he knows all this history. You know what I mean? I'm sure he does. He knows the groups and things like that. So, So the story of Leonard Skinner, you know the plane crash? Yeah. Where several of them in the band were killed? Yeah. You know the weird story behind that? I do not. The weird story behind that, that the plane that they chartered for their tour, that the gro- another group had looked at the plane, and their manager had felt that the plane was not safe, and they didn't feel confident with the pilots. You know who that was? I do not. Aerosmith. <laughs> Is that weird or what? That, I can see that. So Just if,
0: because they're... Well, killing themselves with drugs. Well, no, no, doesn't mean that they don't feel not safe.
1: Well, no, the idea being is if Aerosmith would have chartered the plane instead of Leonard Skinner, it would have been the group Aerosmith that crashed instead of Leonard Skinner. That's true. And if you ever watch the movie Almost Famous, it's really sort of interesting because this is one of the themes in the music in in that movie. They're touring around in this old broken down old bus and at one point in time they decide they they get a new manager who, by the way, is Jimmy Fallon. Jimmy Fallon is their new manager. This I think this Are, is
0: our Jimmy Fallon.
1: Yeah, the Jimmy Fallon from from really? you know Tonight Show. Yeah, he's in this movie and very young Jimmy Fallon because obviously. Oh, that movie, I thought
0: you said meant that it was like about him
1: no 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 he's he, okay. he he plays he's not a major character in the movie the movie is probably about a half to two-thirds of the way over when jimmy fallon comes in but they they don't like his manager they don't like the group's manager the the see once again this is you see the the increasing uh the increasing control of corporate america over music because originally they had their own manager who was running the you know managing the group you have to Watch the movie to understand it's about a group that was you know trying to make it big and and one day they did but they were having conflicts within the band and the the record company decided their manager was inept so they hired a new manager who was jimmy fallon played by jimmy fallon okay and the first thing he did was he rented a plane for them to fly in, which, if you watch the movie, I won't give you a spoiler alert, which turns out to be a pretty interesting scene in the movie. It's actually well, sort of funny. Blah,
0: it's, blah 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 well, blah. blah. It's, it's a funny scene
1: in the movie because
0: it's a spoiler alert, Brad.
1: I didn't say anything about it. I just said it was funny. So, in other words, you're going to get the okay. movie and you're going to watch that. So, you know, back in the day, you know, and, and you look at that, and it's, it's it's so crazy because, and the thing about it is, is that this guy took off and 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 you read the whole story from the aeronautical aspect of it there was a winter storm warning in effect in this area in iowa and in back in the day and this is like what you and i talk about nowadays pilots have everything on their ipad and there's this software that's owned by a company called boeing you ever heard of this company before boeing the software is called foreflight so in other words. Almost all the pilots nowadays, if you see like if you see like a pilot flying like a single engine Cessna, a little dunk, you know, junky little, you know, forty, fifty year old C- Cessna, he's got his his iPad You know, sometimes they they have, like, a strap that they can put it on their knee, or sometimes they actually have a a strap where they can put it onto the actual yoke so it's right in front of them, like right in the middle of a steering wheel of a car. They've got this super sophisticated software that's tied into the weather bureau and, you know, the weather system and the whole bit. And not only that, guess where they get the flight? And this is something that probably a lot of people don't even realize. Guess where they get their weather data? They get the weather radar maps and all that stuff. You'll never guess where they get that from.
0: Weldon Springs?
1: Sirius XM. Really? Sirius XM has a channel that transmits weather data, and since it's on the satellite, when you're in a plane, you can get it anywhere. So when you're flying around, you know, you're getting this constant feed of weather data from Sirius XM. So the idea back in the day, and what's interesting is back in the day when this flight took off, right before the flight took off, A bulletin was sent out from the FAA essentially saying that it was not safe for anybody to take off. Well, it was on a teletype machine at the airport, and nobody read it. So the pilot, before he took off, should have gone and looked at the teletype machine. That's how they sent the old stuff back in the day, and he didn't go in and read it. Nowadays, you read these stories about guys flying into weather, and you go like, okay, what was going on with them? Because they've got all this sophisticated stuff. You know they got eighty, AD, IOS ADSB is that what it is? ADSB. They've got four flight. They've got the weather stuff coming in on Sirius XM. It's bizarre. I mean, if if you get into a bad weather situation, you know, as a private pilot, it's your own fault. I mean, it really is. It's your own fault. Uh, what is the name of this movie? Uh, Almost Famous. That's what i was talking about. Okay, the smartest woman in the world sent me. I thought we had this like a month or so ago. Today is National Pizza Day. Did you know that? National Pizza Day. I didn't. And uh, I'm trying to see where who's got the the deals today. Let's see what the deals are today.
0: Domino's has to have the deal. I don't think so. I don't know if Domino's um,
1: National Pizza Day delicious handheld uh, handheld meal with a variety of free. Do you do you look at pizza as handheld meal? That's what they're saying. It's a handheld meal. I don't know if I consider. It a That's,
0: hand... Well, it is your four basic food group.
1: But have you ever heard pizza referred to as handheld meal?
0: No, but they're trying to. To make it trendy and fresh and, and not dated.
1: Okay, 7-Eleven and Stripes. We don't have Stripes here. We have 7-Eleven. In honor of National Pizza Day, 7-Eleven and Stripes. Oh, no. Uh, yeah, that's, that's right. It's another. it will be ro- offering seven rewards, loyalty members, a whole pizza, cheese or pepperoni for $7. Bar Louie. Uh, pizza that's half price on National Pizza Day. Bar Louie's will score 50% off flatbreads during happy hour today uh let's see where else there's a whole list of places name a place i'll look at it uh jets pizza do we have any jets anymore i think most of the jets no. they must have closed down i think
0: unless they'd be in st louis Round we don't have table. any out here
1: sam's club oh on february 9th, sam club is offering a one dollar off its hand what's it's one dollar who cares uh who cares about that uh go through the list here is that it i guess that's it i don't see any other ones Slice. We have slice here. I don't think we do have slice. We used to have um, pie five, which I liked, and they all. I
0: didn't know that.
1: They were good. There was one down in, in Chesterfield Valley that was really good. You go in. It's like a cafeteria kind of deal. You walk oh. up to the to the beginning of the line, and you and they'd say, "Okay, what kind of crust do you want?" And you pick the crust, and then literally the person would walk. You'd walk down the line, and you say, "Okay, put on the you know the marinara sauce." Okay, that's just right. That you know that, and then cheese. Oh, okay. Oh, uh, That's just fine. Okay, now put on pepperonis. I'll put on some, you know, some anchovies, and then they would cook it and it would be done usually like in five or six minutes. It was good. I used to eat there quite a bit. And, you know, do you remember Shakey's? Oh, I love Shakey's, the one up in North County there I in Falls Ferry. Yeah,
0: well, no, this was over off of um, the B Street. It's not Brentwood. It's uh, uh, that the one was, that up was from Brentwood.
1: That East. was the bad. That was the bad Shakeys. Nobody went there.
0: That's not true. Yeah,
1: only only losers. I have
0: pictures from Shakeys from like my fifth birthday.
1: Oh, once again, only losers went to that Shakeys. The good Shakeys was up in North County. Everybody knew that. People like if if like people in Clayton, did, they would did go you like just
0: call um, me a loser.
1: <laughs> I did. The people in Clayton would go like, we're not going to the Shakeys by us. We're going to the good Shakeys up in North County.
0: Matter of fact, so are you going to stick with that, comment, I used, I used to go.
1: I used to, as a kid, my mom and dad would take me there to Shakeys, and I go, I go, mom, dad, look at all these fancy cars. There's Mercedes. There's all these fancy schmancy cars, and my dad was, oh, well, you know, those people come from Clayton because the Shakeys down here in Clayton's no good. Only losers go to the Shakeys in Clayton. My dad even knew that. (laughs) So you went to the Shakey's in Clayton, right? That's right. (laughs) I'm sorry. (laughs) Are you not going to talk to me now?
0: (laughs) I'll talk to you. Do I need to be pleasant? (laughs) No, you don't.
1: Oh, hey! I have to, I have to, I have to finish this. The other day, <laughs> the smartest woman in the world got mad at me because I didn't give the rest of the story. Okay, this is a Forbes magazine. We talked about this, and we're jumping around all over the place this morning. How the Bidens earned 16.7 million dollars after leaving the White House. And she said, I did not give it justice, that once again, if you look at this bar graph, it goes all the way back to 1998, and it shows him making, like, in 1998 combined, the Bidens have made $250,000, you know, hold on a minute, I don't, and, you know, like, all, all goes all the way, it's this graph, you know, 1999, 2000, it doesn't move. All of a sudden, in 2017, they go from making, like, 300000 excuse me, $300,000 a year to $12 million. And then in 2018, he makes $6 million. In 2019, he makes $2 million. Okay, let me read this. Um, In 2009, the Bidens also began collecting real money from Social Security as well as pensions and annuities according to the tax filings. The company earned about $385,000 in Social Security benefits between 2009 and 2019. They also collected... About eight hundred fifty thousand dollars from pensions and annuities over the same time frame. Biden, who was sixty-six when he became vice president, had only collected about six thousand five hundred from Social Security before two thousand and nine. So now this is where it changed. Where in twenty in twenty seventeen, um, let me go back to next year. Biden on stand. Okay, um, when Biden left the White House. The big money started coming in. In 2017, the Binds declared $11.1 million in total earnings. So in one year, they go from $300,000 to $11.1 million in earnings. Wouldn't you like to have that increase in your in your pay for a year? E- absolutely one, would. <laughs> one year you make 300000 which is nothing to sneeze at. The next men. The next year you make 11.1, Nearly twice as much in a single year as they had made in the previous 18 years combined. About $10 of that flowed through the S-corporations called Celtic Capri and GeoCapa. The Biden campaign explained in a press release last year that the money in those entities came from speaking engagements and book payments connected to Joe's memoir, Promise Me Dad, and Jill's memoir, Where the Light Enters. Publishers Weekly reported in 2017 that the couple's book deal with Flatiron Books was valued at $8 million. In February 2017, Joe Biden was also named the Benjamin Franklin Presidential Practice Professor at the University of Pennsylvania, a post that carried him a $372,000 salary that year. The next year, Biden stayed on a pen earning, this would be 2018, earning $405,000. He and Jill also earned $3.7 million from their books and speaking gigs. Depending upon where he spoke, uh, where he was speaking, Joe Biden's payout varied dramatically. He earned anywhere between eight thousand dollars for a stop in Ann Arbor, Michigan, for instance, but he received one hundred ninety thousand dollars for a speech in Madison, New Jersey, paid for by Drew University, according to his financial disclosures. The Biden's earnings, which also included payments from pensions to Social Security, totaled four point six million in 2018. In 2019, the year that Biden launched his bid for the presidency, he and Jill earned about a million dollars. Biden took an unpaid leave of absence from UP Penn uh, when he started his campaign in April 2019. So his salary from university dropped to $135,000. He's not even working, and they're paying him $135,000. How'd you like to have a job you don't show up for, and you still make $135,000? Another half a million dollars came from writing and speaking. Biden delivered his final paid speech in Fort Lauderdale on January 28th. 2019 three months before launching his campaign by the end of 2019 biden was a democratic front runner and a fairly wealthy man having earned 16.7 million dollars in three years and built up a net worth of roughly nine million dollars so he went from making like you know 250 dollars 000 to 16 to 12 million in one year and in three years they made 16.7 million and their net worth hit nine million dollars must be nice. So when you hear these people say, I'm a public servant, I don't make any money, I'm broke and the crazy thing about it is it's like him and Bernie Sanders that are talking about these fat cats need to pay their pay their fair share. Okay? So how do you feel about that? Let's say you were rich
0: and I'd you I'd like to know what fat cat meant to them.
1: Well, but but see, that's what's interesting is to me, if he's got a net worth of nine million dollars, to me. He's a fat cat. Yes. <laughs> Don't you think?
0: I agree with that.
1: <laughs> if he's got a net worth, if I know somebody who's got a net worth of $9 million, they're doing well for themselves. I have no pity for them whatsoever as far as financially. You know, they may have a screwed up life otherwise, but, you know, financially, they're doing okay. And, and so the whole thing is, by the way, I read this the other day, and I didn't, couldn't believe this. I think it's Oregon has this new tax called the CAT tax, the CAT you know what? Okay. And what this is normally, like let's say this is business 101. Okay. Let's say we run a business and let's say we have, we take in a million dollars in revenue, but we have $900,000 in expenses. Okay. So in other words, we technically only made a $100,000. Okay. Typically, you get taxed on your earnings. So in other words, in that case, even though we had a million dollars in revenue, we had $900,000 in expenses. We essentially had $100,000 gross profit. We would pay taxes on $100,000. that makes sense to you? Okay. In Oregon, they put in a new tax that if you are a company and you make over a million dollars, you get charged a percentage of that million uh, over a million dollars, no matter if you make a profit or not. So in other words, let's say you're a company that's losing money. And you you know you have ten million dollars in revenue, and you have eleven million dollars in expenses, in other words, you're a million dollars in the hole you've lost or you, yeah you've lost a million dollars, you know you have ten million coming in, you have eleven million going out, you lost a million dollars. you still pay the state of Oregon tax on the ten million dollars, so in other words, you go further into the hole, and what they're talking about this is the reason i I read this is there's a group of people who are trying to secede. From the state of Oregon, and they're trying to move into Idaho. If you know the state of Oregon, almost all the eastern, or excuse me, uh, almost all the eastern counties of Oregon are very conservative. A lot of farmers, sort of rural, and most of the western area of Oregon, like the coast, like Eugene and Portland, like, things like that, are very liberal. And there's a whole group, like half the state. Is trying to petition the state of Oregon to essentially annex them into Oregon. So in other words, they would be and, and are they would they would be called a new state, and the new state would be called New Idaho. So there would be, you know, like we had huh. North and South Carolina, Sorry. North and South Dakota, we would have New Idaho and Idaho. I'm going like, This is so weird. You know, I mean
0: and So and then would you have I'm not Idaho?
1: They could call it that. They, no, yeah. that you know, no, they would. That would be Oregon. They would. That would be what's left of Oregon.
0: God, it's so okay. weird.
1: Okay, it's so weird. You know, and and the marijuana thing. Did you hear that the government came out? The state of Missouri came out this past weekend. The first weekend for marijuana sales, thirteen million dollars huh. across the state, and the state gets a million of that. You know about the state. You know about the city. The theme? state
0: only gets a million dollars.
1: Well, think about that. That's 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 almost what like eight or nine percent or something like that. It, but wait till I tell you what the city's doing. You know why the cities are liking this? Why? I'll tell you coming up next.
0: 7.30. Ugh.
1: It is BS.show. I'm Shelly. She's Brad. Together we make BS. Okay, what I was t- talking about, the fact that the new marijuana law went into effect, and in the law there is a clause that states that the municipalities that have a marijuana distribution center, you know, a dispensary, whatever you want to call it, you know what I'm talking uh-huh.
0: about? Yes.
1: They have the option of declaring I, I don't know if they have to just declare it or if they have to vote it in but they the city themselves can put in a three percent sales tax in addition to the other taxes already on the marijuana so guess why the city's like the marijuana dispensaries <laughs> um, a, sure it, they do. it's another three percent they that, are vast <laughs> right it's another three percent that goes into their coffers you know what i don't what? have a problem i you know i i'm i'm an open-minded guy you know I've always said the right to swing your fist ends at the tip of my nose. I don't really care what you what you do, but here's one of the downsides of this. Um, I have two people that told me this in the last month or so. Both of them went to New York on vacation, and they went through Times Square and they talked about how Times Square is nothing but marijuana smoke right now. If you go through oh, Times, is it? yeah, it's just everybody's smoking dope in Times
0: Square. That's a shame.
1: You know, and it's to the point where if you don't like that smell. You know, so sad. Too bad. Guess what? You're going. You know, you're going to get a contact high just by walking through through um, you know through Times Square. Once again, that's my deal.
0: They don't show that on the on the uh, jumbotron or whatever.
1: But see here. Let me go. Let me say this thing. Okay. You look, you listen to the news, oh, we're in a bad economic time. You know, things are not good. Looks like people are losing their job, corporations are laying off people because of the fact that it looks like we may have a recession on the horizon. It doesn't look good. The economy's falling apart. They open up marijuana sales in Missouri and people can't buy enough of it.
0: You know what I mean? I'm going like, "Okay." That's because people want to spend their people will spend money on the things they want to spend money on and people will find time to do things. Well, for the people that are important to them.
1: There's another explanation. You know what that is, explanation is? What's that? Typically, this has been true of alcohol.
0: They've cut off their dealer? That would hurt. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: They're, oh, I, I thought you said they cut off their dilly. Now, what did you say?
0: They cut off their dealer? Oh,
1: they cut off their dealer. <laughs> Yeah, matter of fact, there was a guy the other day, you know, it was he was I, I saw him on the highway. He said, you know, he said, Hey, help me. You know, I'm a former marijuana dealer. The state put me out of business, you know, please give me a dollar. As he was working the sign on the interstate. By the way, <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> Brian the other who him and I have a a, shall we say, interesting relationship that A like,
0: love hate relationship you know, we started
1: trash talk each other. There's a picture of a selfie he took of him. He looks like a homeless guy. And now once upon a time, Brian Nevis was a very good looking dude. Matter of fact, that would that used to get him in trouble because when he ran, when he was working on my station on the old days of the mouth, thirteen fifty the mouth, there was all sorts of you know, accusations, and he got really mad about this. I don't blame him. Somebody sent out a letter that went to people that it was an anonymous letter saying that Brian Youssef had had all these affairs and he was in Jefferson City and stuff like that. And it was it was done by the competition. It was illegal as hell. It was no identification, no return address and stuff like that. Okay, so he's a good looking guy. He's his dad is his dad is I think from like Puerto Rico or something like that. So Brian's sort of you know dark skinned. Matter of fact, Brian.
0: Enrico Suave.
1: Brian may even be he may even be darker than than Italian roast. Keep in mind, I'm a person of color. I'm Mocha Java right now. He might even be darker than Italian roast, okay? So, black hair, the whole bit. He, There's a picture of him. And, matter of fact, I sent it to the smartest woman in the world, and she didn't even believe it was him. His hair looks like, he looks like the kind of guy that if you're going downtown and you're walking along, talker, Hey, can you lend me two bucks? I gotta buy a pack of smokes. And he's got this goofy beard that makes and big black glasses make makes him look like a young Colonel Sanders, okay? Get you know what I'm saying? <laughs> he's, his hair is like turned totally white. His beard is like white, 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 white. He looks like Santa Claus beard or or like, you know, uh, uh, you know uh, Colonel Sanders kind of white beard. And he's in his studio. he's doing his his radio show. He doesn't even go in the station anymore he's doing a show from his home, and he's looking at the camera. And he's got this big grin in his face. And he's got a baseball cap on. And his hair is like sticking out from underneath his cap. Looks like he combed it like sometime back in 2019 with a hacksaw. You know what I mean? I mean, he just looks horrible. I'm thinking to myself, dude, that's not a very flattering picture. I don't, I don't think I'd be putting that picture up on Facebook. So, so I put a comment on there about, hey, I saw you working the sign on the exit ramp from 44 into the Washmo exit. And he, he thought that was funny. See him and I have that relationship. We can do that. So he makes he makes fun of me all the time. So you know it's one of those bro kind of romances. What do you call it? What, what's a bro? So romance?
0: it's a bromance.
1: Oh, bromance. That's what it is. I couldn't. Yeah. So
0: couldn't. <laughs> you make fun of me all the time. Are we having a bromance? Because I don't know if you know this, but I'm a chick.
1: We're having a a chick bro romance. Mm-hmm. Isn't that what it is? No, but see, I told you the story. My old, I
0: already know that. Blah 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 my blah. My
1: old friend Randy Bluestone.
0: Yes, I, I said, wish he
1: was still alive. He old said. He always said, the closer you are to someone, the more blank you can give them, and that starts with an S and ends with a T. So, in other words, and it is true. You know, have you ever gone to somebody's house, like maybe a family? You you know, like you went to their house, like on a holiday or something like that, and they're trash talking each other, because you know why they do that? Because they love each other. When I had dinner with my daughter and son, number three son and, and, and number one and only daughter, you know, we're trash talking each other. And they were and they were trash talking me. They were making, they were, my kids were making fun of me. Okay?
0: And and it hurt your feelings.
1: Oh, my God. I cried for three days.
0: It hasn't even been three days.
1: <laughs> yeah, it was. It was last Thursday. So it's it's been a week. <laughs> it's been a week. As a matter of fact, it was a week ago tonight. Yes.
0: Like it hasn't even been a week.
1: Now. Can I tell you something? And I'm not I'm not doing this to brag. We ate at a pizza. I'll tell you exactly where we went. We went to this this is like sort of an interesting thing. This has become like our place for our family and it's right right down the street from you. Real close to your house. We went to the Cecil Whitaker's on Wolfram. You know what I'm talking about? I do. Okay. We went to the Cecil Whitaker's on Wolfram, okay? And we and we and they have table service there. Did you know that?
0: I did. Well,
1: you can actually,
0: yes, I did know that. You
1: can actually sit down and they will wait on you. Uh, normally, it's a waitress, and this time it was a waiter, young guy. I'd say probably a high school kid, 16, 17 years old. Okay? So, and he was very good, very shy kind of kid. I can tell that he was like not necessarily comfortable. He talked sort of soft, and but he was, you know, very, very, very attentive and did a nice job. So the bill was like, you know, once again, who gets stuck paying the bill? It was me. It was like $37. Okay? So, I put it on one of my charge cards, and I don't think he was too happy when he saw me total it up, and I put no tip. So, in other words, I put a line through the tip, and I just brought the total down.
0: You gave cash.
1: I gave him a $20 bill. Yeah. So, in other words, he got a $20 tip on a $35 order, which was like what? What is that? Like 50? That's
0: a lot. It's good. It's a good tip.
1: 60% tip or something like that? Yeah. Yeah, it's 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 over fifty percent. If it would have been a forty dollar bill it would have been exactly fifty percent. It was thirty five dollars, thirty six, I think thirty six dollars and fifty cents. So I gave him a twenty dollar. And he was really good. And 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 he looks at me like, Thank you, sir. <laughs> like that. <laughs> Going like, you know, I'm thinking to myself, you know, now and I'm not trying to brag about this, but I remember the night when I was working at Steak and Shake, back in the day, a guy comes in. Who's calling me? I have no idea. A guy comes in and gives me... Hold on a minute. Hello? Yes, can you call me back? I'm on the air right now. Bye. I have no idea who that is.
0: Hi. Hi. Well, now that Mr. you've taken Hildebrand? your personal phone call, it was can a, we get back to business?
1: It was a business call. Okay, what was I saying? Okay, I'm working at <laughs> Steak and Shake, a cold, rainy night like that last That was
0: me liking you a lot, Brad.
1: A cold, winter, rainy night like last night. I'm soaked to the bone. Some dude comes in, buys a cup of coffee, which I think at the time was, I don't know, 40 cents or 50 cents or something The Tax was like 43 cents or something like that. Hands me a $5 bill and says, hey, buddy, keep the change. I'll never forget that. I remember that to this day. You know? I'm thinking to myself, damn, I made I made four dollars and fifty cents in like two minutes. And you know what the problem right now? I make four dollars and fifty cents like in
0: two weeks. The struggle is real.
1: <laughs> the struggle is real. Okay, we we have to take a break. We'll be right back at 745. Break. It is BS. show. It's Brad and Shelly, 750 on a Thursday morning. Uh, rain should taper off. We still have a chance of showers throughout the day. Not as much as last night, yesterday afternoon, but still some rain it might be in the forecast for today, so be alert for that. Okay, I went through the 364-94 interchanges yesterday. Shelly? Did you really, Brad? Yes, I did, and they're not making any progress. What are they doing there? Is that is
0: what, you, what? What interchange?
1: The, they're redoing where 364 and 94 come together. You know what I'm talking about?
0: Yeah, they are. Okay. Yes.
1: I talk about this all the time. They've been working on that for like two years, and it doesn't seem like they make any progress. And it's like, remember?
0: Well, you know, it's it's their progress is slow. <sighs> Because they've got the factor of us.
1: They built the Empire State Building from the ground up in 13 months. Okay? How can you build a building at the time, the tallest building in the world, in 13 months, and they can't get a stupid interchange fixed? I don't understand. And, matter of fact, if you look at the map, it's like it's going to be the most confusing thing ever. Still, to this day, there are people that, and this is what's sort of confusing. If you're out in St. Charles County, if you're at... Seventy and Fifth Street. You got one kind of interchange. You got the what they call the diverging diamond, where you go. On, you're all of a sudden one minute you're in the United States, the next minute you're in England. You know what I'm saying? You're right.
0: Yeah. You, you're driving. <laughs> on the,
1: over the Right. You're driving on the wrong side of the highway, or the wrong side <laughs> of the road. One minute you're on the right side of the road, and then you're on the left side of the road, and then you're back on the right side of the road. Yeah. Okay. Then you go to. 94 and 70, and it's a different interchange. You know, it's like it's got all this crazy weird stuff. You got like two left turn lanes. They're you know like you got people almost hitting people head on in left turn lanes. If they're not watching where they're going. So I don't know what in the world. And then now out at 70 in Lake St. Louis, you got that crazy new intersection with the with the roundabout. It's like it's like okay, explain this to me. You know, you get off if you're going east on 70 at Lake St. Louis you get off and you go into a roundabout. But if you're going west on 70 to Lake St. Louis, you got the traditional, you know, exit ramp. You go up to the top of the right ramp, you make a right, you make a left. On then, of course, we have the infamous three roundabout intersection out there at 364 and Goodermouth, which is like, "Okay, explain that one to me." Where on the north side of the interchange. You have two roundabouts back to back. And then you have one on the south side. It's like, okay, I don't quite ex- explain. Explain to me why you have two roundabouts. You go through one circle, and you go through another circle. It's like, okay. And there was a day when MoDOT hated these things. Hated those things. <sighs> anyway, okay. I found this yesterday. I thought this was interesting. This was in uh, Podcast News Daily, okay? Both the Canadian Broadcasting Corporation and BBC have made an announcement. You know what they're going to do? What? Stop broadcasting.
0: I don't know what to say to that. <laughs>
1: because they've decided they are no longer going to what we call in the biz linear broadcasting, linear programming. Linear programming meaning you have like if you think of like let's channel five is linear to the point where at 4 o'clock the the net the local news comes on, more local news at 5, at 5.30 it's the, C, the NBC Nightly News. At 6 o'clock it's more local news. At 6.30 it's Wheel of Fortune. At 7 o'clock it's whatever. okay That is linear programming. They are going to stop broadcasting. Everything's going digital. So Everything's in other words, going what? Digital. There will be no live broadcasts anymore. There will be nothing live anymore. Everything will just be, hey, you want to watch this? It'll all, it would be like, everything's going to be like Netflix. There's nothing live on Netflix. You can't go to Netflix that and watch anything live. That makes me sad. Live. Well, and the reason they say is because, matter of fact, here's an interesting thing. Um, the Canadian Broadcasting Corporation said um, said that they announced this and all of a sudden, the, get this, the elderly people complained.
0: I believe that.
1: <laughs> because they don't know what time Wheel of Fortune's on, right? It's always on at yeah, seven thirty. And
0: they don't want change. Now it
1: could be on any time you want. But the point being is
0: What is the point? They're Fred? eliminating live broadcasts. Exactly my point. So in is other words, like self serve check right now. On but, radio? but
1: see, here's interesting for this. You and I are live right now, okay? In a few yes. minutes, we'll be off the air, I'll go into the studio, I'll chop this show up, and it'll become a podcast. So in other words, yes. if you didn't get up early this morning, and it's interesting, I have more and more people who tell me that they listen to us on the podcast. They don't listen to us when we're on the air live, they listen to us, and what's interesting is it's on so demand. that
0: actually means that it's intentional.
1: What do you mean it's intentional?
0: They're listening to us with intention.
1: Well, in other words, the idea being is that they're seeking us out on their time frame. In other words, if they did, I
0: just not say that. Well,
1: intentional, but in other words, there were you know. But but see, by the same token, there's something to be said for being live because of the fact that right now, if some crazy thing happened, let's let's say another Chinese balloon came across no, the United States. And it's trying up more and, crazy things. Okay, yeah. let's say let's say the Chinese balloon comes across, a new Chinese balloon comes across the United States, and somebody with their BB gun in North City, or let's say let's say it's coming across the United States, and somebody in North City fires their AK forty seven at it and puts a hole in it, and the balloon comes down and it gets tangled in the arch, okay? We would be live on the air saying, You're not gonna believe what just happened. A balloon just just Got tangled up in the arch. Oh my God! Look at this. Oh boy! Oh, the fire department started. Yeah, here. and right. then
0: it would be like um, when I thought nine eleven was a DJ prank.
1: But but see, once again, because
0: there's Steve. What is it? Was it Tom and
1: Stephen DC?
0: No, it wasn't Stephen DC. It was the other one, Tom, and. Bob, and Tom. Yes,
1: the guys. From... Well, it's not Bob and Tom. One of them retired. You know. He couldn't handle it. Yes. Anymore. So yeah. And I
0: just thought. Well,
1: you you were listening to them. You thought it was a prank. I did. So you were listening and to I them. thought,
0: Shame on you. When you just heard shame on when
1: you. you heard the planes hit the World Trade Center, you thought that was a prank. They were making out to be well. Once but again, they were
0: making it like a war of the worlds kind of thing.
1: So were they were they kidding about it at first or were they serious? No, they were kidding. They were
0: them. serious, but
1: oh, you didn't believe they were serious because correct they're, they're, So 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 you're saying. That, when people listen to our show, which is called BS Show, BS.show, that there's so much BS coming out that when I say something truthful, you don't believe me? Is that what you're saying?
0: Well, that happens every day, Brad.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so so um, when something actually truthful comes out of my mouth, you're going like, I don't know, if I believe that or not.
0: Um, but, yes, that uh, is correct.
1: <laughs> okay. So anyway, CBC and the BBC – are, that
0: really does make me sad.
1: I see, once again, here's the problem. The problem is, and I believe this is where things are headed, it's a combination of both. You know, I mean, like for example, it's New Year's of both Eve. Both what? Of both of both real time and 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 programming on demand. You know, P O D, whatever you want to call it. In other words, some people think that's what a podcast stands for, but that's not. Did you know that? Some people think pod is programming on demand or play on demand. Actually, it came from the fact that that it came from the pod, the iPods, which were the little little gizmo before they had those smartphones. The iPods. You know, the iPhones, the iPads, that's where the thing comes from, podcasting. Because you could listen to, you could download on your little iPod, you could download a program and listen to it anytime you wanted. It wasn't, you know, you had to plug it into your computer and plug it in a USB port and all that kind of stuff. So I say I say, for them to essentially say, oh, no, you know, no live programming anymore. That's a cop-out because people still want real-time information.
0: They like, do. Like, for example. And they want to, even though it's radio, they, and they can't see us right now, which right. I think that we should fix. Right. But my point being <laughs> is that said. they want to have that vibe. And sometimes you can't get the vibe if you're recorded. You know, is it live or is it Memorex?
1: John Combes just sent me. I don't know if this is. Um, um, uh, Twice in St. Louis radio listeners were told a to nuke was on its way. I have to read this. Uh, Bellevue News Democrat. He's saying that this twice this happened in St. Louis. I'll have to read that article. Well, yeah, I, I, I think that, and see, here's the thing. The problem with that is is that going live is the hardest because you can't go back and edit things. You can't, uh, let's take that over again. You can't do that. You're, you're on the tightrope. You either make it to the other side or you fall, one of the two. And to say, we're not doing anything live anymore, that's just plain lazy let would say, eh, uh, you know, hey, you're supposed to be here at work at 5 o'clock. Uh, I'll make it in by 8. Is that okay? No, it's not. You're supposed to be here at 5. You know what I'm saying? Okay, we got to go. You've got zero seconds to say goodbye. Say goodbye.
0: Oh, my God. Bye. Have a great day. Peace. I fly.
1: <laughs> it's 8 o'clock.